Do you have a pet? Yes, I have Chip, my dog, but he's been staying with my friends while I was away. Maybe you should leave him with your friends until the election is over. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. I need him. I mean, he's my little boo, someone for me to talk to when I get home at night. I know I appreciate that, but sometimes the Russians go after a target's pets. They're good with poison. They might try to poison Chip. Wait, wait. That's not possible. Hello, and welcome to Ramjack in Doorbuster Battle Arena. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and joining us today for Ramjack is our good friend and our co-host, Brad. Hello, citizens. Hello. Hi. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We're in the thick of it. Yep. Guys, hopefully this is around the time of Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving. Yeah, Black Friday weekend. Ooh, are you going to be a, you're going to get your deals on Black Friday? You're going to get them on Cyber Monday? Mm. Or do you not care about deals? Fuck you if you don't care about deals. (laughs) You're a monster. Yeah, I mean, aren't you doing your part? I mean, I'm doing my part to fuel the economy. Why aren't you doing your part? Why do you hate capitalism so much? Huh. I mean, I can think of some reasons, but why do you hate it so much? Yeah, that's... Brad's different. Are you such such a fucking rich motherfucker that you don't have to worry about deals? Oh, I'll spend all the money I want. I don't need to worry about deals. I've got all the money. Hey, why don't you give us some of that money? Yeah. And maybe not make us work for it. Yeah. Don't get all social with us at the store. Excuse me there, sir. Can you sh- point me to the direction of the toys? Here, there's a $30... There's $30 in it for you if you just come and be my personal shopper. I mean, I, I would do that. I, I would do would that. you? I would take the job, sure. I'll be a personal toy shopper for for 30 bucks. sure. What's the lowest you would go? You're not going to haggle? I mean, well, what, what, how many toys have I got to pick out? Like... I don't know. I'm just saying a rich person's going to try to stretch out their dime as much as they can. If, if, listen, if it's, listen, if it's, uh, I, I'll say up to six toys. I'll, I'll grab six toys off a shelf for $30. $30 up front, $10 for every toy you pick out afterwards. I like it. I like it. They'll respect, they'll respect that. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to put a lot of time and effort into picking out these toys. <laughs> I'm gonna collect my thirty dollars and go get s- six random toys. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this doesn't look like garbage. All right, this will do. What's your budget? Yeah, definitely get this. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, hope everyone's having fun out there in the holidays. Indeed. Brad, what have you been doing lately that's that you would consider fun? Weeping uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Um. Battling the man, um, stealing valor. Um, stealing you know. valor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, Alex. Listen, as of the day we're recording this, uh, Veterans Day was over the weekend, so I just, you know, had to steal some valor during the during the high holiday. How did you steal valor on that high holiday? Um, pretended I was a general. Wow. And then an admiral. Wow. Yeah. And no one called you on it, because who would who would call someone unless you're a fellow service? Unless there's okay, you wouldn't be a fellow serviceman, but another serviceman starts asking you a lot of questions. Right, right. So I just think general, it, I think it's, just, it's it's important to commit um, the most fun crimes like stolen valor because it's a fun crime to commit. 
you're a general at Starbucks. Later in the day, you're an admiral mm-hmm. um, at uh, Publix. Yeah. Getting your sandwich. Yeah. Interesting. Gotta start right. with valor. Gotta listen, everyone okay, no out there. If you're going to commit a crime, commit the crime of stolen valor because it's the most fun and stupidest crime you can commit. I didn't. I wasn't aware it was a crime. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's lying. I don't know if it's. Oh, I it's love the criminal. You're not allowed to pretend you were a, a service person. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess that makes sense to a point, especially no. if we're going to give them. A, nope. Well, some people get fuck some that. people get special deals if they exactly. were. Exactly. Uh, and fuck that shit. Nope. Lie. Everyone lie. Pretend pretend you were... I mean, honestly, I wouldn't do it uh, mostly in public because I wouldn't want someone to think I was associated um, with a state-sponsored murderer. But on the privacy, in the privacy of my own home, on Twitter, I'll gladly, gladly commit various acts of stolen valor. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. I get you. I get it's it. It's a good time. Um, also, I've seen a lot of movies. Also, that's, oh, that's another yeah. thing I do. I've seen a lot of movies. Um, what, what are we up to today? What did you see? Well, I saw three movies, of course. That's that's what I do. I see three movies a week. That's my life. I saw a showing of The Room. Awesome. Yeah, I've never seen that on a big screen. And it's been a while since I've watched I don't think I've watched it since we watched it for the podcast. Really? Um, yeah. Man, that's a bad movie. You forget oh, yeah, how horrible. bad it is. Like, it, there's so there's not a good thing about it. No. <laughs> Like, the only good thing is the entertainment it has spawned oh. because, I mean, it is, it's entertaining in its own way. Yeah. Um, so this was uh, basically to advertise uh, the Disaster Artist movie that's coming out. Um, and so before and after, there was like a little bit with uh, um, Lisby McGee Franco and uh, Tommy Wiseau, um, which was very strange. They were there? They, well, they were, they, it was filmed. It wasn't, they weren't there in person. Oh, but okay. But there was like a filmed introduction cool. and a thing Still after. Cool with them well were they together in it like, yes okay that's even yes that's even more awesome oh it was bizarre it was so bizarre but man seeing that movie in a theater with people it is a weird experience first of all i forgot how many sex scenes were in that movie like oh dude it's so gratuitous. many because i feel like when we watched it we eventually started fast forwarding <laughs> i mean some of them are really long yeah there's a lot of weird thrusting happening. Ugh. Like, I don't want to paint too much of a picture in anyone's minds. Ugh, the uh, I got the book, uh, the audio version of The Disaster Artist, which I guess the new movie's based on, like, the true behind-the-scenes stories. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I can't wait to see that movie. It's yeah, it's I'm, crazy what happened behind the, the scenes. Um, another interesting thing about seeing this movie, some people had gone to this screening and didn't know what they were seeing. No way. Yeah, they'll it's impossible. Quite, because the thing is, um, Dan actually got passes. It was a it was a free screening, so a lot of people got tickets to a free screening. Not I don't I think didn't no clue no clue what they were seeing, because you know some people just like free shit. Um, so the and they also hit- they'd also given passes to a bunch of press because clearly they're trying to get them you know up to speed to see disaster artists. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since um, the room was like super hot. It's, I mean, it's a timeless classic in its own right. Truth. But you need to, yeah, you need to get it back into the uh, public conscious. Yeah. So I think hasn't the room reached the level? And I don't know if your audience was like this, where it's almost like a Rocky Horror Picture Show, where people like 
talk to the film as a group sometimes. Yeah, there was there was a little bit of that going on, like because you know they do like midnight showings and things, and there was stuff like like people like throw plastic spoons, um, but like we had one per- we had some people that like they when this when you see the spoon uh, they yelled spoon, um, and like at the end of it they threw some spoons. Um, some people had brought spoons and threw. Oh, and there was a guy dressed up straight up like Tommy Wiseau. It's amazing. Like full Tommy Wiseau cosplay had a football and a rose. It's pretty great. I I hope it was Tommy that he just goes to every. He I used wish. to go to every screening of it. I guess back when it was more rare. Yeah. Oh, it was just, it it was an event. Um, my favorite thing is like it had just gotten started. Like it was like we were not deep in yet, and there was this older lady like like a like a, a row or two behind us that was like. Why is everybody laughing at this? It's like you have no idea. You have no idea. An older woman. She yeah. She has no idea what happened when the sex scene happened. Oh, what I happened when? I, I don't know. I there was there was a couple more. There was a couple times early on where she still seemed confused, and I think it was pretty quick that she kind of got uh, figured out what was going on. Ah, uh, but it was it was great. Is his name Danny, the little kid? Denny. Denny. Oh, hi, Denny. That doesn't even make sense. Oh, Denny. Denny, are you on drugs? Shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> God, it is such a weird fucking movie. <laughs> it is so intense. There's no reason. No. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, but then they showed a few clips from uh, Disaster Artist, and they show a side-by-side of a couple of scenes. Like, they show the, um, the, um, oh, you're my favorite customer. <laughs> oh, hi, doggy. They showed that scene like lined up and like they've really done some shot for shot remakes with Franco. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I can't even yeah. the, the early chapters in the Disaster Artists mm-hmm. are amazing. Like it really paints Tommy Wiseau to be crazy in many respects. Mm-hmm. One time they were on set and he's telling Mark like Mark's delivering a line and Tommy's telling him, no, 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 go back and do it again. Go back and do it again. Where's your energy? And that morning before they went to set, they were two hours late because Tommy was dying his hair. <laughs> Didn't tell me when he started to dye his hair. So Mark went downstairs and realized, oh, fuck, we're not going to get to the, uh, the stage to record or like to start filming or the studio at all, like anytime soon. So he started watching a movie and as he was watching it, he would like he would hear Tommy creeping. He'd look back, and Tommy was like had a towel in his head, watching the movie with him on the staircase behind him. So in that scene, when he asked him to do it over and over again, he eventually, like on the twelfth take, he called Mark over. He's like, "Dude, I know what you want to do. Just go for it." And Mark's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" He's like, "At your like your movie this morning. You want to be intense. I want you to be intense too. Just do it." And he's like. So since you watched that movie this morning, it's now become Mark's movie, and he knows that he wants to do this scene like the movie he watched this morning as Tommy was dying his hair. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Oh, I love it. I love it. God, yeah, I'm excited. That's going to be, that's going to be yeah. fun, I think. That's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, that was, that was an event. I enjoyed that. Um, also, I saw um, Murder on the Orient Express. All right. What'd you think? I liked it. It was good. But and I love Kenneth Branagh and he's awesome as Poirot, but there ah, there's a couple of times that I'm like he just needs to get out of his way because he's he's just trying to do these shots like there's a lot of overhead shots of inside this train which I'm like 
Alright, if you want to do one over overhead shot of inside a train, cool. But, like, there's a few, and they're close together. I'm like, I don't know that we necessarily need that. You Please stop. Because hmm. like, I'm like, alright, I get it. Yeah, we're overhead, we're seeing, oh, look, you're now going to another compartment now. Cool. I don't need to see inside a train. <laughs> like, I get it. You're in a train, it's a small space. But what, what is with these overhead shots? Like, you had to build a set special to do these shots. Why why are you doing this? Really? Yeah. It's so yeah, weird. It seems interesting. I mean, one time it's like, oh, that's a neat shot. But then you do it again, I'm like, all right, you've done it. I get it. What? <sighs> they forced him to use The studio said, okay, look, we built this for you. It cost a lot of money. You're going to do as many shots as we want to get yeah. our money's worth. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And it's Kenneth Branagh, so it's got. there's times where things are really, like, kind of a weird stagey staging to them, which is fun and weird, but I'm okay with, but I, I liked it overall. It was good. Um, like, it was such a crazy cast, though. Like, it's hard to, like... Because it's all, like, you know, top-tier cast. Like, there's no just randos in this movie. <laughs> so, that's interesting. But it was good. I enjoyed it. Hmm. I liked it. I like the fact that it starts... Um, the movie starts with Poirot getting um, his eggs served to him in egg cups, and he's he rejects them. He sends them away. Um, now, there's a couple reasons that could be. It could be because he's weird and he needs eggs to be the same size. Um, and he's trying to solve a mystery. Or it could be because he doesn't believe eating eggs out of egg cups, which, is, of course, is the correct answer. Because <laughs> eating eggs out of an egg cup is weird. I mean, that is kind of weird. Super weird. Don't. I don't care what Claire says. It's weird. <laughs> I never ate eggs out of an egg cup, egg of cup not. in England. Of course why would you eat eggs out of an egg cup? It's ridiculous. Why Unnecessary. Do why do we have egg cups? We don't. Is it just... <laughs> we don't. It was one of the things that we uh, decided not to adapt. Yeah. Listen, uh, listen. when we separated from England, first thing we said was, we're getting rid of those stupid egg cups. No yeah. way, weirdos. Fuck your taxes, fuck your monarchy, and fuck those stupid egg cups. I yeah. eat an egg without a cup. It doesn't even really hold it very well while I'm eating it. It yeah. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Just scramble your eggs like an adult. Like, don't eat eggs out of a cup. Ugh. Weird. Um, was there anything else from that movie that you want to talk about? I don't think so. I just think it was good. It was good, so I don't want to say too much. I mean... Daisy Daisy Radley was in it. Ridley. Did we learn any more about her character in Star Wars and what... Mm. I mean, I, it all clearly like, it all ties it, together. Um, was it Daisy or was it Ray? Like, did it... <laughs> you tell me. I need to know. Uh, I heard there was a special announcement during the <laughs> the actual movie of <laughs> Murder on the Orient Express. It was real crazy. Uh, Poro was like, who committed this murder? And then she pulled out a lightsaber and was like, I'll find out who because I'm, a, I'm the last Jedi. What color was it? Um, turquoise. Mm, I don't know what that means, but I got to go to deep subreddits to really mm. kind of suss that out. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Wow, it was pretty turquoise? crazy. Yeah, I know. And then she started like cutting through the ice and snow, and um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then they caught the murderer, and it turned out it was a Wookiee. Wow. Wookiee committed the murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> Get him. Trank him. Trank him. Well, we got him. Yeah. Real Let's crazy. Celebrate. Let's celebrate by eating eggs out of a cup. Here, here. Cheers. Crack. 
Wow, Wookie, huh? Yeah, crazy movie. Cra Sorry Star to spoil Wars it, everyone. Sorry. Movies, I just... Alex pressured me, and I spoiled the movie. Sorry. Not um, sorry. I kind of love to know that. Yeah. Gotta know before I go in. Um, also, um, Sunday I saw um, a showing for the 75th anniversary of Casablanca. Ooh. I'd never seen Casablanca in a theater, and it was fucking amazing. Because it's the best movie ever made. Like, it just is. It's really good. I watched it again, I want to say, within the last five years. I know it was sometime not too long ago. And was like, wow, yeah, this movie was really good. Yeah, it's just, it's so dense with, like, everything's perfect. There's 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 nothing wrong about that movie. It's just fucking perfect. The pacing so is there, amazing. Ah, it's just great. Love it. Were there any audience reactions, like, from diehard Casablanca fans? Like, The Room, they were, like, yelling stuff or throwing stuff at the screen? There were, the thing is that, like, first of all, I, I was shocked. It was, it was a full house. Like, I, I was lucky to get a seat. Um... Um, so, um, I was, so it was, it was packed. Um, of course, a lot of older people, um, as you might expect, um, just like laughing at some of the jokes that I'm like, I, you know, the jokes in Casablanca are great. Humphrey Bogart's amazing. But, you know, they're the kind of jokes that uh, you think to yourself, oh, that's amusing. And you smile. I, you don't necessarily think to laugh at these jokes. <laughs> um, cause they're not like laugh out loud jokes. It's just... Humphrey Bogart with clever wordplay, but all right, just we old people like to laugh at things. It's it's interesting. I don't. Yeah, that's strange. I mean, that's not too dissimilar from how people laugh now, I guess. But it, I guess to me that seems better than what random slapstick or just not even funny thing makes people laugh now in the theater. Yeah, I would respect someone for laughing at Humphrey Bogart's sure uh, witty uh, dialogue. Yeah, and it, I mean, it makes sense. They, they are jokes. They are intended to be amusing. Um, but uh, it's still, it's just always surprising because it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, they were never played for laughs in the script or the movie, right? They're not. It's not paced that way. It's supposed to be more of a, ah, oh, like a little smile and nod, not like a butt, like I mean, a there, gut there are a handful of jokes that are entertaining, but... It's still, yeah, they're, they're not things that you would necessarily think to laugh, but it's old, old people just like to laugh at things, like, ha, 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 just laughing out loud. I'm like, oh, all right, old people, I guess, I guess, you know, you get old, uh, you, you laugh at things, I guess. I, uh, sure, have fun, but, oh, what's up, old people? Huh, you think any old people listen to our show, and they're just laughing the whole time at things we don't mean to be funny? God, that would or be Or even, amazing. like, things we mean to be funny, but, like... Hey, old people, like, are you laughing? <laughs> Um, feel free to send us an email or a voicemail or a telegram, whatever. <laughs> Let us know if you're laughing, old people. Yeah. What, or are you what? just dying? What's happening? What's your life like? What's that like being old, being close to death? Just uh, knowing that you've got more days behind you than ahead of you and uh, the world's going to march on without you, having forgotten you. Um, hmm. Yeah, distant memory. Uh, your contributions to the world are pr probably finished already. What's that like? Huh. Huh. Let us know if you can find time between these laughs that we're providing you. Let us know! Brad, I haven't gotten out to the theater in a while, but I did recently watch Titanic with Joey. Nice. Which was pretty interesting. The movie itself... I don't know if it ever held up at all. It's... <laughs> it's just... I mean, Joey had a lot of questions going through it, and I was always, like, trying to stay one step ahead of the film, explaining things to Joey about, okay, so... 
Um, yeah, this is... So, Jack won that ticket gambling. What's gambling? Like, what do you... All right, well, let's explain poker to, to Joey in the most fastest way we can. Um, the He was kind of bored at the beginning where they have, like, the submarine that goes through the ship, but he thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, he, he really liked it. And at one point, there's a scene where Rose has to get on a boat. She's one of the main characters. For those who haven't seen Titanic, maybe go watch it because it is kind of funny. It's long, but it's pretty funny, I guess, in retrospect. Um, just so everyone knows, Jack and Rose say each other's names collectively like 170 times during the course of the film. Yeah. Not many other characters are even called out by name. Like, they say their name once, maybe twice, all the time. Jack. Rose. Jack. Rose. Other characters. Oh, hey, Jack and Rose. Hey, person. Not even just, like, (laughs) disregarding them. Like, oh, hey. So interesting. Why would you make that choice? Titanic is more thrilling than you think. At one point. Really? So, obviously, I mean, it's a flooded ship. They're, like, tr- fighting to stay alive. There's more than a few scenes where they should have just died. Sure. Law of, law of averages. You put yourself in enough of these, like, har- harrowing situations where you're fumbling with keys underwater to open up a gate because water's risen up to the ceiling and you can't breathe. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna die. Weird thing. At one point, Jack is, like, handcuffed to pipes and Rose can't find the key, so she gets an axe... And closes her eyes to chop the chain. Yeah. And Jack's really, Jack is really like supportive of Rose. It's all right, Rose. Close your eyes. Just do what you got to do. My hands. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. This is. Yeah. But so there was a scene where Rose has to get on the lifeboats the second time. The first time she refused. Fuck you, mom. I'm going to go save Jack because I love him. I'm in love. She goes, saves Jack. They get back up to the upper deck. She gets in a boat. Men and women, uh, men aren't allowed. And Jack and her just look at each other as she's being lowered down into the water. Like, goodbye. Like, they both know, oh, Jack's probably going to die. And Joey said, that's one of the saddest things I've ever seen. (laughs) Not any of the other countless sad things that have happened up until now. Certain things that, like, kids being, like, abandoned in a a half like flooded corridor where no one's there just crying. They try to save them and then their parent comes back and tries to save them and then they both die from drowning. None of that's sad. Just the longing look of Jack and Rose as they're being lowered into the water as Celine Dion just like (laughs) starts playing. That's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Okay, Joey, why is it sad? Just the way they're looking at each other. It's so sad. (laughs) Nice. Just like super into it it's, I can't help but get mad so many times during the film mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the whole framing device is that Batman sends Wonder Woman a picture from the past that gets her to tell a story about mm-hmm. oh wait I'm sorry I got that confused with oh. uh, Wonder Woman for a second but there's a guy looking for the giant diamond that Rose gets and keeps at the end of the movie right. um, on accident uh, a diamond worth so much money, like millions and millions of dollars. It's huge. He's been use he's been searching two years underwater to find it. They eventually find her. Um, like she contacts them because they find Jack's drawings that were in a safe, and she comes to the ship for some reason and tells her or tells them her story. And at the end of it, the guy was like, "I'm giving up. 
I'm giving up my two-year mission to find this diamond because you know what? I didn't, I mean, I was so close to the Titanic, but I didn't understand. I didn't understand it. Ugh. Motherfucker, you have investors, and you've been in two years. Now, granted, we know it's not under there, and I don't even think she tells him that it's not under there. No, doesn't she just, like, slip it, slip it back into the ocean, like, at the end? And that is the most infuriating oh, thing. Yeah. So he gives up. He's like, pack it up. All this, like, countless amounts of money that I've spent trying to search for this priceless diamond, it's over. Titanic's all. I gotta go on a new adventure. Close in the movie, she goes out on deck in, like, billowy PJs. No idea why she's allowed to run around on the ship. No one else is on the ship either. That's super weird. Gets on the deck and, like, brings out the giant diamond. And before she drops it in, she goes, huh? Like, oh! Like, she just, like, gasps and then drops it in. And you're like, you idiot! Your children could have used that. I mean, like, you could have supported your family for generations. Why are you doing this? This is the stupidest thing ever. I I want my ancestors to be crushed by capitalism. I want their bones uh, crushed into the ground. They shouldn't have money. No. Her granddaughter's on board. And I'll be honest, looking at her, I'm like, lady, she could use some, she could use a million at least. I mean, why does she, and it never explains why. She returned it to the ocean for what? Uh, It wasn't a gift from her and Jack. It was from her uh, fiance that was a jerk. Yeah. Sell it. Why would you even hold on to it? That's the thing. If it was like from Jack, like, then that would mean something. But it's not. It's from that other guy. He, like, you were... You're Billy, on the boat. Did Billy Zane even live? Did he live or did he yeah, die? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, he lives. Out. Okay, well then maybe he had a claim. Maybe she was just so fucking bitter she didn't want him to have it back. Well, no, he ends up dying in the 20s um, during the stock market crash because he loses a lot of money. And she says something about how, I heard he shot himself in the head. At least that's what the papers said. Okay. Oh, so you 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 took the diamond that he gave you, um, snuck off with it, and then he lost all of his money and he, and killed himself. You fucking you could have given him that back. Didn't lose any sleep. <laughs> Rose, she got cold hearted in that water. Frigid water will do something to you. As soon as she got on, as soon as she got on that door, like no time for Leo, um, Billy Zane. Fuck you. I'm keeping your diamond. Am I gonna live off the wealth? Nope. I'm just gonna keep it so you can't have it, Billy Zane. Oh, you killed yourself? Too fucking bad, Billy Zane. What about your family and friends? Too fucking bad. Not my problem, Billy Zane. She disowns her family. She starts over anew in America. How? She's a woman, like, in the early 1900s with no money. Like, you just can't do that. <laughs> well, it was a different time. It was it was before the current stage of uh, capitalism. Um, now, of course not. Absolutely not. You would be dead in a second. Uh, maybe then there was a little bit more of a chance because Teddy Roosevelt had you know done some deregulation and uh, busted some trusts up. So maybe you still had a chance in a capitalist system, unlike today. When maybe you don't, when you don't. Then it really makes Rose seem like a bad person, and I think Joey picked up on it. Partially because when she dropped it in the water, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, w- I just said, oh, God. Like, I sighed, like, God damn, like, this is just so dumb. 
But she has grandchildren, so she dies in her bed like Jack told her she would, like Jack made her promise that she would. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you see, like, after the guy gives up on searching for the diamond, and after she drops the diamond in, it it, it goes to some unknown future, and we kind of see her in the background dead, like asleep or dead. And it pans across the pictures on the uh, table bes- right beside her bed, and it's all pictures of her. Not her children, <laughs> not her grandchildren, not her husband. They're all pictures of her by her nightstand. Her, like, becoming a pilot, her doing things that a woman, woman, like, women just weren't expected to do back then. And that's great for you, Rose, but what about your family? Seriously, who has a photo of themselves? Like, photos. Like, oh. It's littered with them. There's there's like 10 or 12 photos of her like getting it, like getting it. Then she dies. The candle goes out, the curtains billow, and then suddenly she's in Titanic heaven where everyone that died on the Titanic is in a recreation of the Titanic in the afterlife. Bellboy opens the door. It's been said before, Bellboy even in the afterlife. Dude, you can choose another job in the afterlife, I think. I don't Ugh. know what nightmare you guys live in. Jack's there looking at the clock on the like on the stairwell of the Titanic just waiting for her. And when they get together, like they kiss and everyone on the Titanic claps their hands. Why did she go to Titanic Heaven? Where are her grandchildren? Where are her children? Where's the husband that died? Yeah. Seriously. Are any lovers that she had? I mean, even if they weren't together, I she goes back to Jack? The fuck. This woman, yeah, not yeah, a... Real not monster. A, real monster. Not a, yeah, a lot of monsters in Titanic. Not a stand-up movie. Or not a lot of characters that are stand-up. Yeah. Eesh. Some brutal stuff. This one guy accidentally, like, shoots people and then kills himself. Forgot that happened in the movie. Joey didn't I, bat an eye. He's like, all right, well, that happens. <laughs> I didn't... Wait, how does that happen? There's a guy who's, like, manning the lifeboats, making sure women and children get in, and obviously people are like, dude, there's, like... We all should get on this lifeboat, maybe. He's like, stay back, all fire. And one dude just kind of like, he accidentally ends up shooting them. So he shoots one guy, and then he shoots another guy and kills them, and he kind of looks at everyone, and he's just like, all right, and then shoots himself in the head. Well, he salutes someone first, and they all kind of look at him. Ugh. I think they salute him back, and he shoots himself in the head, and then all hell breaks loose. Yeeks. Ay. That's dumb. <laughs> it's super dumb, and like, it's just... It's trying really hard. I mean, it was a it was an absolute tragedy. Joey's Titanic book is just as bad, uh, and it's for children. But I mean, it, it cuts out a lot of the themes, <laughs> or it, like skirts some of it. If anything, it's I think it's a little bit more interesting than the movie Titanic, <laughs> and it's nice. like like it's a shorter read. It's just it, yeah. Is there any like weird sex scenes in old cars in the in the book? Uh, no. I mean, it's just kids in the book. One kid, like, sneaks out to go find a mummy that was on board. I'm pretty sure that's true. And the kid had, like, talked to the guy who made the Titanic and knew that in certain parts there were ladders that actually went from the inside, like, all the way up the sides of it, which is true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was neat. There was also, like, a robber that ends up, like, saving the kid at the end because no one wants to drag this kid on the boat because they're afraid he's going to sink it. Better... Better pacing, better plot, <laughs> better story than Titanic. Get on the boat because he's gonna sink it. Well, he's carrying a larger guy that he met, um, that also saved him. Like when the boat went down, he made sure to get the little kid, and he got the kid on a door, and the guy got on like a box or a crate, and he was paddling to the lifeboats. 
Oh. Most people, obviously a lot of people, thousands of people, well, 1,500-ish people died. But they had a chance. And when they got to the lifeboats, the dude was, it was so cold he couldn't swim anymore. So the little kid was like, oh, I've got to do this. So he goes up to different lifeboats and they're like, nope. And they like push them away because they're like, you're going to sink us if you get on here or whatever. Which is stupid and very weird. But eventually one guy helps them. And it was the guy that was a thief that was masquerading as a woman. Like he had to put on woman's clothes so he could get into the boat to like stow away because it was women and children. And he had on like a hood or a bonnet and he picked the kid up and the kid looked at him and it was the guy. And he like Amazing. put a, like a finger up to his face like don't tell anyone. And the kid's like, all right. But see, that's better. That's a better, like there's so many, these books when are you so When you said that you thought the kid was going to sink the boat, I thought this was like some little prankster kid. And like he was just there with like a saw and like a shifty <laughs> smile. Like, I won't sink nope. it. <laughs> nope. I know the Titanic just went down and there's thousands of Why are you carrying that screaming. drill? What? This isn't a drill. <laughs> He's drilling a hole in the boat. He's drilling a hole in the boat. Again. God damn it. What? Why are you, why are you paddling toward the iceberg? God, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, Brad, I have in front of me a uh, Thanksgiving-themed... Um, Letters of advice. Nice. Well, letters for advice. Please for advice. I wish they were letters of advice. Like, hey, here's what you need to do, everybody. <laughs> Real quick for your Thanksgiving. Have a turkey. Just some <laughs> advice. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are playing Giving Advice the Game Thanksgiving Holiday Edition. Yay! All right, Brad, I'm just going to launch into these. We'll get as many as we want because some of these are apropos. Now, a lot of these are from... The past, distant past in some cases. Some of these are in between, I would say, 2012 and present day. But some of them, some of them ring true all the time. A lot of Thanksgiving stuff is timeless. Here's the first one. From Anonymous in New York. I'm dreading our Thanksgiving table this year. Even though the election is over and some of my closest friends and relatives who will be joining us are still, uh, yeah, lamenting about candidates and political parties in really spiteful ways. Do you have any tips to prevent political ugliness at the table or smoothing things over once it erupts? That's just asking for straight-up advice. There's no something zany about that. Don't don't have holidays with people that that have different politics than you. Piece of cake. It's easy. Like, like cut out people that think differently politically than you do. It's very easy. Yeah. Why would you want to eat a meal with a Trump supporter? I mean, yeah, you don't want to break bread with those people. You should know this. Thanksgiving is a time where you get together with people you want to eat meals with. If you don't, then don't. I mean, granted, I don't think I could eat a meal with, like, a super, like, hardcore Democrat, like, Hillary fan. But, um, it's possible. Like... You could do it. You could stomach it. I could probably stomach it, but... But you'll take dessert in the other room. Yeah, but I'm I'm not sticking around for long. Like, if, they, if they're really, like, really up on it, like, constant, like, 24-7, oh, yeah, that's probably not going to work. Um, but I say for the most part, just, like, don't spend time with people that, like, like that you're not going to agree with. Like, why do you need them in your life? Cut them out. Yeah. You, Thanksgiving's like, the best. Listen, you don't, you, everybody doesn't need to, like, oh, but they're family, family, uh, blood's thicker than what? No. Yeah. Cut them out. Cut them out. Cut them out. If you don't get along with people, don't be around those people. Piece of cake. Um, this is this is from Pilgrim at the Mall. Whoa. 
My sister-in-law, who comes to our place for Thanksgiving, has asked if we can push our dinner from 6 p.m. to 4 p.m. to accommodate her desire to shop the Black Friday sales. First of all, are... that's not pushing. That's that. That's not how pushing works. It's not. That's, that's uh, moving up. Pushing would yeah. be pushing it to later. Be 4 p.m. the next day? Like, what are you talking Which is starting on Thanksgiving evening at some of the big box stores. I am insulted by this request. Can I let her know? Well... Here's you the, can okay. Let me let me address yeah. her for her actual question. Can you let her know that this bothers you? Yeah, but go ahead, Brad. <laughs> yeah. First of all, um, you should like listen, people. Um, Thanksgiving lunch is where it's at. Like oh, yeah. I don't under like I know a lot of people do dinners, but fuck that. Do your holiday meals at lunch. It's the best way to do it. You get to enjoy the parade and the dog show. Enjoy the have your meal while you watch the dog show, and then. A, you've got leftovers for later, and you can go out and do your Black Friday shopping. Like, that's the fun part. So, for don't, yeah, don't, 4 p.m., no, noon. When the dog show comes on, you should be having your meal. That's <laughs> yeah. the way to do fucking Thanksgiving. Because also, like, how much time do you want to spend with these people? Like, no, you do it at lunch. Everyone gets there for lunch. You do lunch. Maybe you stick around for a while, chat, do whatever. You're out of there by 3. Three o'clock, it's over. Then you've got then you got Black Friday. You got the you got that whole evening to do shopping, to hang out, to do whatever you want to do. You can have uh, you can have your leftovers for um, for dinner that night. It's perfect. So stop doing dinner. You do Thanksgiving lunch. Same goes for Christmas if you do that sort of nonsense. I but guess honestly, what you should be doing is doing Thanksgiving lunch at the dog show. Um, and then going to Hotto Pato um, Thanksgiving evening, because that's what you do on holidays, and then shopping. Dumb. Piece of cake. Easy. But no, you don't don't move don't move whatever you're doing because of your sister. Like you should have been doing it right to begin with, but no, don't move it for one person, that's dumb. Also don't say push when you mean um, move it up earlier. That's weird. Yeah, get your get your stuff straight. Yeah. Maybe it's like some sort of thing where I guess from a nostalgic standpoint, like you cook Thanksgiving dinner over the course of the day and you eat it for dinner, but I've never understood that. It's always oh. got to be lunch. Thanksgiving is yeah. always a lunch thing. Lunch is the best. Lunch is the awesome. I mean, Thanksgiving is one of the best holidays ever. <laughs> and also, you don't want to eat a heavy meal at night. That's First oh. of all, that's not good for you. It's bad. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe if you're carving up to go out Black Friday shopping, but that, I mean, obviously this is in the past. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That dream, that awesomeness sailed. Now it's all convenient for you. Now it's all like, all right, do it all online. Or like, actually it starts at eight o'clock tonight or tomorrow morning and at a reasonable time. I. Yeah. Dummies. Br- super dummies. Brad, how about this one? We attend Thanksgiving dinner at my parents' house and... The table has grown to include some of my wife's family over the years. My wife's people dress to the nines. The men wear ties and the women wear dresses. But my siblings' family? Uh, they turn up like slobs. Some in t-shirts, some in sweatpants. The disparity makes me uncomfortable. I know I'm not in charge of this, but may I say something to my family or my wife's? Wait, so it starts... So- these people that are that are dressing up, they are recent additions that have been added to this Thanksgiving. Yeah, they're trying to class it up. Listen, I appreciate... I always appreciate people classing it up. But, like, 
you don't get to like set the decor for the holiday when you it's when you're infringing on other people's holiday like you've been invited like no you can't force people no 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 these are additions they don't get to set the dress code <laughs> if they want to dress up like uh, up Granted, I don't think anyone should be wearing sweatpants ever. Like no, like, not in public, not at a gathering. No, you wear sweatpants in your house. Like, is it a friendly kickback with like nine of your closest friends, and you're it's like a sleepover thing, and you're watching movies and popping popcorn? Okay, maybe wear sweatpants because you're like in evening attire, but not like in the middle yeah, at that's... lunch. Not your not a Thanksgiving festive lunch. What's wrong with you? Put yeah. real clothes on. But I don't I don't like the idea of these people that have like that have. The wife's family have slowly been invited, and they've just decided that they're gonna showboat um, by by really overdoing it. Like I don't I don't like that either. Cause and this person that wants his family, like no, your fam, like it was your family's Thanksgiving that these people have been invited to. They need to like calm it down. Like uh, no, like you don't need to go. I, he says dressed to the nines with like ties and I feel also I don't know that tie is necessarily to the nines. I think it, it, we're talking about coats. We're talking about like yeah. a sports coat. That's oh, that's maybe too much. Um, I just feel like no, these people need to calm the fuck down, make it a little bit more casual. But let's everybody agree on 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 business casual, okay? Yeah, business casual is fine for all occasions. Like you can wear uh, wear some nice jeans, sure. Um, maybe a t-shirt if you're um twenty or under. Everyone else, just put on uh, some kind of button up over it. All right. Can we do that at least? I mean, but um, that's that. No, that's the most. No, I don't like these people. Like, try like they've been invited and they're mock. It's mocking almost. I don't like it. Um, the person who responds to this advice, the columnist, says something which I think is. I it just piqued my interest. It's your parents' call as host to specify the dress code for their dinner, from holiday festive to cowboy casual. Not yours. Time out. Okay, setting a theme is different than a dress code, but I don't dislike the idea of forcing a theme of either holiday festive or or cowboy casual. What is cowboy, cowboy casual? casual. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I, I like the idea of cowboy casual. Yeah. Um, Change those ties to bolo ties. Seriously. Uh, Change those top hats into a ten-gallon hat. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I really don't like these assholes that are like that have like snuck in on this holiday and are trying to like cuz it just seems smug to me. I'm like, why don't you go have your own classy Thanksgiving then? Like you don't have to have Thanksgiving with these people that are schlubs. Like go have a classy oh. Thanksgiving. What's your deal? I just feel like if you want to be classy, do that. <laughs> like you shouldn't just I mean I'm cool with people being classy I don't care if you want to overdress for something by all means do it people's dress doesn't make me uncomfortable like rarely unless it's like largely inappropriate but even then I'm like well, be you if someone could uh, yeah. cosplay it could be cosplay Thanksgiving I'm like okay you're fine but my thing is what is their intention and how is it affecting others because yeah, I just I, like because they know because this clearly isn't the first or second occurrence of this. It's enough that it's a trend. Like I feel one time if you go to somebody's place and you're overdressed for Thanksgiving, it's understandable. You didn't realize dress code was not made clear. Um, but a second or third time, 
and you're still doing it, that's because you're trying to be an asshole. Yeah, at that point you're like, hmm, I'm gonna wear my tie. Unless there's like a tradition with them, they're like, look, then we don't have, have a lot of family. Own, then you have your own classy Thanksgiving. But I don't Why have are my you own going classy to someone else's? Because I don't have anyone else. Like the rest of the family's dead. You're the only family I have left. Cut and goodness, everyone. Cut. Grandpa loved wearing suits at Thanksgiving, cut. and I just all break right, your families okay. apart. Everyone have three separate. <laughs> break Thanksgivings. your families apart. You don't need ever. You don't need to like embrace all of your family and do something because all your family does. It's fucking bullshit. It stop is. it. Like maybe stop don't family like people, Thanksgiving yeah. and just have friends Thanksgiving. Like that's the best Thanksgivings ever. Seriously, seriously. I'm telling you, that's that's my that's how I live my life. Brad, real quick, this year, um, in retrospect, obviously, I guess because it's our future, but our listeners' past, um, you have to come up with a, th- a theme for uh, dress for Thanksgiving this year. What are you guys gonna do? What's what's the theme you're coming with? All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, oh, um. I'm gonna come up with a theme um, purely um, to upset Tammy, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be uh, turtleneck turkey day. No way. <laughs> um, I think I think it should be classy turtlenecks. Um, Interesting, classy turtlenecks. See, I don't I don't dislike tur- that turtleneck and a jacket. Yeah, that's that's required. Come as you are, but make sure your neck is cozy. <laughs> turtleneck and a jacket. <laughs> I love it. I love turtleneck and a jacket. Like I wish it was the '80s and we could just rock that all the time. I may have to buy Joey and Vera turtlenecks and jackets. That would be awesome. Because that would be so adorable seeing a little baby with a turtleneck and a jacket. I want to see a baby in a turtleneck and a jacket. I love it. We'll see. I don't even know if they have baby turtlenecks anymore. I mean, like That's just something like no one's like, why would you ever put a tiny child in a turtleneck? I'm just saying, um, I may buy myself a turtleneck for my birthday. I Ooh. may do it. May do it. It's Dapper, Day. Dapper Day at Disney is coming up. Ooh. I... See, I really liked... I had a turtleneck, which I think I still have somewhere. It was kind of oversized when I got it, but it might fit me now um, better than it did. And it was... Like, I liked it a lot. I odd and Oddly enough, I don't dislike turtlenecks. I love a fucking turtleneck. I, I, love, I love that look. Love it. I love turtles. I like my well, I like my neck being warm. Mm-hmm. If I'm not wearing a turtleneck, I could wear scarves. Like, it's, a, it's what it is. Uh, my theme, because I like the idea of cosplay... Star Trek Thanksgiving. <laughs> nice. But now, which which Star Trek? Is it like all Star Treks are allowed? Or, or are we I just, specific? I want to say Star Trek themed. Everyone has to do something Star Trek themed and just let the guests do what they as they please. Now, granted, I'm going thinks- to come in full... Um, uh, Q, um, um, but the like the uh, the crazy robe from like the first episode and the last episode of Next Generation. Ju- Brad, with the, that's... With the judge hat. That's incredibly overdressed. Yes. That's that's inappropriately dressed. It's like, what are you doing? You're wearing a Grand Magistrate's costume, a Q Grand Magistrate costume, yep. and the rest of us are going to be in just, like, a onesie uniform. Except one person that's, like, in full Klingon outfits with makeup. And there's a few people from, like, the 60s Star Trek outfits, which, yes. okay, that's cool, that's cool. The best part is that we have Thanksgiving with Emily's family, most of the time, because we have to... Sometimes we go down to my parents' house, but this year, it's Emily's family, so they know very little about Star Trek, so the idea of forcing them <laughs> to do a Star Trek theme is amazing. Plus, they have, like, other relatives that, like, the extended family, so yeah. Yeah, guys, we're all doing... You're all in uh, Starfleet this Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love this idea. It's the weirdest idea. 
All right, Brad. This 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 question's a little length. Not okay. We'll just we'll go through it. My father had an affair on the on the side for many years, and I found out about it. The affair had resulted in the birth of my half sister. Her name's Annie. Dad was success. Dad has successfully kept Annie a secret for twenty five years. Whoa. She's now a young married mother, and we are somewhat close friends. While my mother knows of Annie, she does she does not know she's my sister. My parents divorced when Annie was five for unrelated reasons, but my parents still get along quite well. I host Thanksgiving each year. Mom and Dad are coming. Annie just told me that she would like to be invited. While I have explained the situation to her, Annie says she's tired of being kept a secret. I'm worried of not only causing discomfort for my dad, but humiliating but humiliation for my mother if Annie decides to let the cat out the bag. I've tried to tell Annie that we could have a get-together some other time, but she insists. What should I do? Um, how does the mom still not know? I think your mom suspects, dude. Uh, Yeah. Like, if you know and have known for so long, how does mom not know? Like, I... Mom's gotta know. I mean... Ugh. Um, separate Thanksgiving. Um, that's my answer to everything. Why does she want to... Why does... Why does Annie want to be in, in on this? Why does she want to do this? I Well, okay. Annie just might just want to hang out with the fam. Like, who knows? But the fact that she's insisting, even though you're telling her, Hey, this makes me uncomfortable, or I think this could get weird, means that she's going to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, that she wants to go to, like, blow this shit up. Like, that's the goal. There's no good reason. Like, this is weird. No, this is a powder keg. What do you do? You keep it into separate pieces. <laughs> yeah. Segregate the family. It's fine. Tell her that it's at one place, but have it at another. I mean... I can't... Like, how about... How about... Yeah. No, this is... No. This is weird. No. Oh. No. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? <laughs> All right, Brad. I'm recently married and will be spending Thanksgiving with my new in-laws. They are very ultra-conservative and dislike our president. What? Wait, wait, what? Wait, hold up. We won't read this one because it's a, it's kind of a du- it's a duplicate of the other one. Like, what do people do? Oh, okay. I thought you said they dislike the president. I was like, huh? Not Trump. This would be back in the Obama era. Oh. Hold on. Let me just get these really quick. With Thanksgiving only a few days away, I'm hoping you can offer some advice on how to deal with my in-laws over the holidays. We will be going to my husband's grandparents' house and spending Thanksgiving with his parents, grandparents, and extended family. After every meal, the family engages in card games. I'm terrible at cards, but I normally oblige. I wouldn't have an issue playing even though I'm terrible, but one of my husband's uncles is very competitive and will complain if, if we are on a team together and will ask throughout the game, why did you do that? And I hate it. It frustrates and flusters me and only makes my playing worse. I dread going to any family function for this very reason. I would prefer not to play, but would rather just watch. However, this doesn't seem to be an option because there will always be an odd number uh, of players how how do i either get out of this completely or learn to shrug 
off my family, uh, my husband's uncle's Thanksgiving Day card playing complaints. Okay. Um, two options. One, don't play. They, uh-huh. they played cards before you were there. They can play yeah. cards now that you're there. Like, there was not, there, surely there was not a person at some point. Um, are like, have your husband set out as well. You both set out. Cool. Um, second option, um, as soon as Uncle opens his fucking mouth, tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Uncle, look, I know you respect the sacred thing of cards that you guys play, but shut up. I don't care. Yeah. I would say do weird stuff to piss him off. Oh, yeah. I, like, go out of your way to piss him off. Yeah, play things incorrectly. And they, like, just be like, oh, is that... I, I just really bad at cards. Like, play that for a while, and they won't force you to play cards. You don't want to play cards to begin with. Just don't play cards. Yeah, That's the real play. answer. It's fine. Like, you're an adult. Adults don't have to do anything they don't want to do. That's the part about being an adult that's good. Yeah. Like everything else things. everything else is garbage. Like bills, uh, um, uh, uh, medical expenses, um, the realization that capitalism is going to crush you into dust. Um, the fact that you're running out of time, like you're dying every day in every way you matter less and less. All of those things, like, those are terrible. But guess what? You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Nobody can make you. You're an adult. I, when she says, um, not playing cards doesn't seem like an option. Mm -hmm. I don't even understand that sentence. Uh, No. As you said, Brad, you're an adult. Do whatever you want. And if other adults pressure you, say, hey, stop with the peer pressure, you idiot. Oh. I don't appreciate it. I don't want to play hearts or whatever weird, like, what other games people play. Rook? Not Rook. What is it called? Uker? Not Uker. Uker? Uker. Like Bob? <laughs> Obvious, obviously, I don't play a lot of cards. But I be, huh. would I be game for some poker that I didn't get, I, like, that money wasn't involved in? Sure. Let's play for, like, some sort of food, like wrapped Hersey kisses or something. I don't know. Dove promises. I'd play some poker. I'd put some of those on the line. But I enjoy playing poker just because it, I think it's a fun game. But I'm not going to I'm not gonna play if I don't want to. Uh, I, uh, I, I, In my mind, this woman is being forced to play like Magic the Gathering or like a card game that's like super weird. She's just like, oh I don't know if they play cards right. That would be amazing. Don't you realize you should use three green mana, not two, you idiot! God, where'd you find this one? Your tree elder is useless in this fight. <laughs> hey, this is two-headed ogre. It's two-headed ogre. You guys are. You, you can't do that. You can't. She can't do that. All right. Can I just not play? Shut up. <laughs> do you have a mana in your hand? Then play the fucking mana every turn. God damn it. Yeah, it's just like this woman doesn't want to play your shitty. Not shitty, because magic is fun, but she just want to play that at the Thanksgiving. Okay, here's here's another option. Bring a different game. Bring yes. bring bring Mousetrap. <laughs> like, can you imagine? I I because I never played Mousetrap as a kid. I know everyone says like it didn't work and it was dumb. Um, yeah. But like, get like a stupid kids board game. Because I think nothing sounds like more fun than like a group of adults trying to figure out a fucking kids board game and playing it for serious. <laughs> Super complicated, like silly board. Because there's, there's surely some people in that family that do not want to play a stupid card game. Because I, I don't know. I got, I got no use for card games. None. Um, here's an idea. What if we take, uh, classic children's board games 
and just make them more competitive and also bring them, elevate them to the level of an adult game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not what sure you, how you got in mind? do it. What do you got in mind? I don't know. I just come, like, as you said that, I was thinking, oh, classic kids game, shoots and ladders. How do we make that more of an adult-themed game? Like, I guess it's easier for something like Candyland. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I, like, I don't, just... I, I was I was thinking I was thinking um, how how do we incorporate drinking into hungry hungry hippos? <laughs> <laughs> drinking into hungry hungry hippos? Yeah, I don't know how it's done, but um, I listen. Somebody get on that. You uh, frantically just hit the uh, the little mechanism that causes the hippos to eat, and once the balls just like all the balls get disappeared or the coconuts get eaten, everyone just like shotguns their alcoholic drink. I, I just think it's I think it just has to be a drinking game and whoever like whoever loses has to has to take a, a drink or something. I just imagine like because of the chaos of Hungry Hungry Hippos, to have a bunch of drunk people playing Hungry Hungry Hippos would be fun. Oh dude, it would break out into a fight in certain groups because oh. like people frantically like just hit this thing as much as they can. There's four people the same thing just screaming. Oh I that take sounds shot. like fun. Listen, alright Here's what you, here's what everybody needs to do for Thanksgiving. Put on your turtle, strap on those turtlenecks. Yeah. <laughs> um, get yourself some booze and play Hungry Hungry Hippos. <laughs> I think Hungry Hippos would be amazing. I think the game of Trouble would be great mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's gonna cause some like craziness. The the second you land on someone and send them back or oh. like jump over them or whatever, people are gonna get irate. And plus, you got that popomatic. Uh, middle thing that also has an opportunity to like tap and just cause K like pop 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 hungry hippos trouble yeah that's Thanksgiving that's a great Thanksgiving bring your communicator badge <laughs> how else are you supposed to talk to Wesley if you don't have your communicator badge <laughs> happy Thanksgiving <laughs> um Alex we checked in with our friend Donna Brazil last week I just started um, Donna Brazil's book, Hacks, the inside story of the break-ins and breakdowns. Um, what is it? Break-ins, break-ins, and breakdowns uh, that put Donald Trump in the White House. It's a very long title. Um, this book, I finished it over the weekend. It's hilarious. It's absolutely <laughs> fucking hilarious. Because uh, Donna Brazil is a lunatic. Like, she's just a straight-up lunatic. And I, I you know... A lot of this book is nonsense. Um, <laughs> there's some, there's some interesting, like good things, like to learn in it. Like it is interesting to see, like, like because now we, you know, we we learned like of the way that like Hillary's people like bought the DNC ahead of time and rigged mm-hmm. the primary and that it like the, a lot of the stuff that we kind of knew last year. It's we get actual confirmation of it. So again. That is good information that comes out of this book, and the, the the DNC and like the fucking establishment Democrats are very pissed off about it. Um, but again, in reality, this book really it's it's still super supportive of Hillary. It's super supportive of the Democrats in general. It's not like it's an anti-Hillary book. It's no, it's it's just stating the facts. Um, but also the facts filter through Donna Brazil because <laughs> she's a lunatic. Um, so let's state that as well. Um, Alex, I got a quiz for you real quick. Um, All right. Now, this is this is a quiz about Donna Brazil. Um, 
Donna Brazil's dog's name is, and I'm going to give you three options. Um, option one, booty wipes. Option two, Chip Joshua Marvin Brazil. <laughs> option three, Mr. Dog. Um, I'm going to go with the second choice. Um, Chip, Four names with Chip Joshua Brazil. Marvin Brazil. The answer was both Chip Joshua Marvin Brazil and booty wipes. <laughs> no. How is that possible? How, Brad? That doesn't make any sense. That's not uh, what you call a dog. The dog is dedicated in loving memory to um, her father, a lot of relatives, uh, Seth Rich, and her beloved Pomeranian, Chip Joshua Marvin Brazil, parentheses, booty wipes. Why? Why? What? Does, does she explain booty wipes at no, all? No, she doesn't. She Come does. Here, booty um, wipes? Yeah. Here, booty wipes. Here, yeah. girl. So, uh, also, I mean, I don't know which one of those is weirder. Calling, naming your, calling your dog booty wipes or calling your dog Chip Joshua Marvin Brazil. <laughs> what? I mean, a lot of people get really invested in their pets' names or their mm-hmm. pets, and that's cool, but. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. When I have a dog, my dog's name will be Cromwell. When I have a second dog, my dog's name will be Talleyrand. There will not be multiple names, and I will not be calling a dog Booty Wipes. I just don't, I need to understand why and how that started. Like, that doesn't make... It's crazy. It's crazy. That is, like Donna it's Brazil. crazy. Like Donna Brazil. Oh, I, I mentioned how much she talks about drinking um, in that first couple of chapters. It keeps up. Man, does it keep up. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, we're just talking. We're talking about booze so much; it's ridiculous. Um, but back to the subject of Chip Joshua Marvin Brazil, aka Booty Wipes. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I mentioned in the last episode how it kind of freaked me out that Donna Brazil like fully bought this Russian's um, paranoia. Yeah. Um, because in my mind, I always assumed that the Democrats largely—it's largely an excuse. That like you know they're trying to cope with losing to Donald Trump, so they're trying to really ramp up the Russia charges, um, because that's sensible. And now I'm like reading this book, I'm like they really buying it. And the thing is, it's basically what I get from this book is it's like those LifeLock and those companies that like try to sell old people like protection on the internet, um, <laughs> because they're because they're scared they're gonna be hacked. Yeah. Basically, those people are the people that talked to the DNC about the hack and like made them so scared and paranoid. Like, like, oh no, the Russians, the Russians hacked into the system, and once the and they've done all these terrible things, and the things they can do to you are insane, and uh, you need protection. That's basically what happened. This company that they hired after like the leak was found out, like to like get this taken care of, basically scared them and scared Donna Brazil in particular. Um, because these fucking old Democrats don't understand a thing about technology. There's a part in the book where she's talking about, um, I, I thought I was pretty savvy as far as cyber goes. Uh, wow. <laughs> but the advice they gave me uh, were things I didn't, I had never even heard of. And, like, she starts listing the things that were on this list they gave her. And, like, one of the things was, like, <laughs> like, die, like change your password or something. Like, make your passwords difficult. Use two-factor authentication. Like, I, like, oh god, Donna. Like, no wonder you're so scared. You don't know things. Like, oh, but they're just being sold this that this is like th- that they can do anything when they hack them, to the point where she's talking to her friend in the FBI, 
and she's just gotten back from um, a trip, and they're like, and they ask her, "Do you have a pet?" And she's like, "Yes, I, I've got a dog. He's staying with friends right now. I'm about to go pick him up. You might want to leave him there, because they convinced her that the Russians were going to poison her dog." Not booty wipes. <laughs> Donna Brazil was afraid the Russians were going to poison her dog. That's hey, hey Donna Brazil. Nuts. A, you're Donna Brazil. Nobody's poisoning your dog. Second of all, the Russians are in Russia. <laughs> They're not poisoning your dog. You can't hack a dog. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? The Russians aren't gonna hack your dog. Like, you're paranoid and insane. You mean hack her dog to pieces, like kill it? Because if they're poisoning it, like why? And then to I found out the Russians could hack reason? my dog's food, and then Ch- Chip Joshua Marvin Brazil, aka Booty Wipes, would be dead because of Russians. Donna. Okay, that's not what hacking is, Donna. Donna, you don't know what hacking is. <laughs> no, they told me, and then they sold me a subscription service that I could use to keep my dog from getting hacked. It's called don't don't hack the dog dot com. <laughs> Donna. Donna. Donna, we talked about this. You're a scared old lady. Like, just like don't don't pay for a service you don't need, and nobody's hacking. You're the interim chair of the DNC. All right, nobody gives a fuck about your dog. Like, how did that happen? Like, how does she become like the chair of the DNC? Well, because uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz had to step down because <laughs> she rigged the primaries very true but why was this woman next in line i mean she's been high up she was like in charge of al gore's campaign how was she in charge of al gore's campaign she's been in politics forever and i will say in her favor there are a couple of times at least from this book and her her story of it that i do believe and i believe she does have some good old-fashioned political sense like at one point um robbie mook who was a hillary in charge of hillary's campaign and a fucking idiot he's always been an idiot and he's terrible, and there's one of the major reasons Hillary lost is because of Robbie Mook, but his whole thing is he's very much into data and analytics, and he was like, well, we, and Donna Brazil was like, hey, shouldn't we send some more people out there to, like, knock on doors and just do some campaigning and get some posters up in some areas? We need to, like, you know, allocate some more money and people to this, and he's like, no, 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 we've, we've, We've used our, our, our analytics and uh, um, targeting to figure out exactly how many people we need in each district. So we, we've got we've already got enough people there. And Donna Brazil's like, yeah, but wouldn't it be better if we had more than enough people than we needed? Hmm. Because that was Hillary's whole thing. They did this crazy, weird, targeted, um, like pushing, and then they didn't get enough people because, yeah, like you can't like. You can't cut, you can't slice it that thin and hope you'll make it on a, on a razor edge out of enough people in a certain district. That's stupid. Like, get as many people to go to the polls as you can. Yeah. I mean, don't shy away from the analytics, but also just do both. Yeah. Dummies. Just the, the idea that, like, you would be, no, 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 we're just going to get just enough people that we need. No. Get more than you need. Yeah. That's how you win, and that's what, that's, don't yeah. you want a landslide victory? Don't you want an overwhelming, yeah. uh, like, representation so I, at yeah. the polls? Like, what are you doing? So I, I, in Donna Brazil's favor, like, she's got political sense to, like, you know, know people and know where they need to be and what they need to be doing, and it's just, like, these weird technocratic assholes that, like, um, were working for Hillary. I don't know, man. 
all I heard was that her dog has two names. Both of them are ridiculous. Yeah. Or I would say one of them is a series of lots of names, mm-hmm. and that's ridiculous. Yeah. And also, she thought she knew cyber pretty well, but then yep. she got sold a subscription service. Um, I would think at a high price so that the Russians wouldn't hack her dog or poison it. And when I hear those things together, I know we all make some weird choices, Brad, Mm -hmm. and we all make maybe bad choices or choices we regret throughout life. But those are... Yeah. I'm telling you, those are signs of something deeper that I'm like, I'm sorry, someone needs to check on that. Like, where is she right now? Donna Brazil's insane. Like, there's no doubt that Donna Brazil's insane. I'm just trying to make a fair picture of the fact that, you know, she, I don't know. And so, okay, then we get to the thing about um, her leading the questions to Hillary, because this is my favorite part of the book. Because, you know, in the first five chapters, it hadn't been mentioned at all. Oh, yeah. Well, I will say she does get around to talking about it. And the best part is, like, she goes out of her way to not to play both sides. Because she does this bullshit where she's like, um, this story came out and I, I, I didn't remember doing this at all. And she tries to say that the Russians could have hacked it and made it look like and sent a fake email. Um, she's like, I went and looked in my computer at home and I couldn't find where I'd sent this anywhere. But she never says I didn't send it. Then she goes on. She's mm. like, um, later for the sake of the party, I decided to send a, a statement saying I apologize. Um, and then uh, re- and then I, I also I, I decided to step down from my post at CNN. I'm like, yeah, Donna, you quit your job and uh, made an apology because you didn't send this email. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's what happened. Sure. All right. Whatever, Donna. <laughs> you fucking did it. We all know you did it. No, like, no, Brad. It was the Russians. They might have hacked my email. That would be the dumbest like... Russian. Like, the Russians make a fake email with with Donna Brazil sending Hillary, like, questions in advance that aren't even... The, the only interesting thing about it is the fact that she sent the question in advance. It's not even that hard of a question. It's just the fact that it was done. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> like, if the Russians were going to plant something that was fake, I think they would do something better than a debate question. <laughs> I mean, you would hope. At that point, you have to ask yourself a lot of questions about the Russian hackers and what their real agenda is and I, what they're really doing. Yeah, because it's it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So that was hilarious. Um. The other thing that's quite hilarious in this book is the duck issue. The duck issue? Hmm. I'm sorry. I don't see that. What's the duck issue? Oh. Uh. Well. So. And this is before um, Donna had to step down from CNN. Um, but she gets a call um, from somebody at ABC. Um, and they're like, hey, Donna, not to bother you. I know you're, you're, you're off right now. Um, um, but uh, well, we got this issue. Apparently, the Democratic Party has been uh, uh, paying somebody to dress up like Donald Duck and show up at Trump Tower and at Trump events. Um... And that's a copyright violation, and you know we we're we're uh, work with uh, D- Disney, and we're just getting a lot of complaints, and they wanted you to uh, if you could step in and stop this before we have to go to a lawsuit. Because what? And Donna's like, wait, I don't know anything about any duck. We've got a duck. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll check on this. I certainly didn't hire a fucking duck. Okay. So, so Donna Brazil um, checks with her people, and they're like, hey, do we have a duck? And they're like, what are you talking about? We don't have a duck. So she calls Manhattan to Hillary's people and like, hey, do we have a duck? They're like, oh yeah, we got a duck. Um, we have what? What they've been doing is paying someone to dress up like Donald Duck um, 
to make the to make the point that um to, and to carry around a sign about how Donald Trump is ducking releasing his tax his taxes. First of all, that's so dumb. That's like, super dumb. It's, it's the cheesiest fucking thing I've ever heard of. And they're like, and so they're like, oh no, don't worry about it, Donna. It's it's cool. Like, uh, it, it's really funny. And yeah, we're having this person do this. Uh, but it's not like we've got any threats from Disney yet or anything. So we're gonna keep doing it. And she's like, hey, that's copyright violation, and I'm getting threats from Disney. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> stop. Um, which also, I just, just love the fact that it. they get she gets this call from ABC where she worked um, as a as a as in, as a news correspondent. Um, let's just talk about the intersection of capitalism and politics and money because they call her because she works for them. So they're kind of threatening her job, really. And she's also the chair of the DNC. So this is all really fucked up and just the way money plays into our system. Um, Basically threatening her. But still, yeah, the Democrats are illegally using a copyright, which, why the fuck are they doing that? That's real stupid. Um, But she's like, hey, yeah, um, I'm getting threats from Disney, so we gotta cut this out. And they're like, ah, it's fine. We'll get back to you. <laughs> and so she's to... fine. Yeah. So she has to call them back, and it's like, hey, this is fucking serious. Um, kill the damn duck. <laughs> and she's like, I... and then she goes in the book, and she talks. She says, I never, I didn't like the idea of the duck when I was a kid. Um, ki- kids called me Daffy because my name was Donna, and I ne- so I never liked it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What's this weird childhood trauma that just came out of nowhere? You don't. You were pissed off because the kids used to call you Daffy Duck because your name was Donna. All right. Why would they call you Don Daffy Duck because your name is Donna? I, I don't know. Donald Duck. Daffy doesn't. Yeah. That I, doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't. I don't pretend to understand. It is just a weird moment of childhood trauma that came out of nowhere. Wait, her name's Donna. Yeah. Yeah. There's not. There's Daffy, not Daffy Donna. Duck? I don't know. Maybe they just called her Daffy Donna. Maybe she called, they called her Daffy Donna because she's crazy and thinks the Russians are hacking I mean, her dog. That makes sense, but so she equated she equated that with Daffy Duck, a different duck. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. She's got a, she's got an issue about the duck because of childhood trauma. Um, but they're like, well, the thing is, um, it was Hillary's idea, so we we really like it. And she's like, what? What? Yeah. Um. So and then they like, wanted a fucking duck. So apparently, so then we find out um, a friend of Hillary's came up with the idea and thought it was really funny. Um, Then they thought, oh, well, maybe we should use Uncle Sam instead. But her friend vetoed the idea because she thought Donald Duck was funnier. Oh, God, this is what they find funny. This is why Hillary Clinton isn't a human. She finds the idea of Donald Duck holding up a sign about Donald Trump ducking his taxes is funny. Oh. It's it's a bad pun to begin with. Oh. It's horrible on all fronts. Oh. I'm going to say this as someone who voted for Hillary Clinton for lots of I, for reasons. That's stupid. And yeah. that cost you the election. <laughs> so eventually the, um but then the the only reason they get to kill the duck is Donna's like, "Hey, Hillary's going to is going to be in California doing a fundraiser next week with Bob Iger." Uh, and he cancels this fundraiser because they're infringing on his on his property. It's gonna cost her money, and that's when they pull the duck. Money. Fuck, fuck money in politics. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, uh, I'll be honest. Is money in politics as stupid as the Donald Duck thing? Ugh. I think the Donald Duck thing maybe. S- no, okay, yeah, it's stupider than that. And I that's mean, it's, fucking it's more stupid. vile and evil. Um, but is it dumber? I don't know if it's. I don't know My else. friend. 
one of my friends who's a campaign contribution com, yeah contributor phoned and wants us to do this silly little thing because they think it's funny brad if i called you with a similar thing for ramjack like shading another podcast you wouldn't do it right I mean, if it was, if it was, it depends on if it's funny or not. If the idea is Donald Duck because Donald Trump ducks his tax releases, that's, what? That's stupid. That's a stretch. If it's calling other podcasts and pretending to be Santa Claus and saying they've been a good or bad podcast that year. Ugh. We had something around the lines to do that a long time ago. What? Do you not remember this? No. I don't remember the exact things, but I remember us calling a Santa Claus to something. Maybe it was Christmas in July? I don't, I don't remember this at all. We'd have to go back in the way back. Anybody that knows what the hell this was about, let us know. Something about us calling someone as Santa Claus, which doesn't make sense on its front, but because we can't both be Santa Claus unless one of us is a helper. I don't remember this at all. How does Santa Claus work again? I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> We're calling people to tell them they've been good or bad? I, I was only making a reference to something along. I don't remember what it was. I just remember the concept was we would call uh, different, like, other podcasts and pretend to be Santa Claus for something. Are you I sure this maybe why. isn't an idea for a bumper we've talked about but haven't done yet? It could have been, but I doubt it. Like, I mean, obviously we didn't do it. Right. But I... Guys, it would have been years ago. At this point, how many Christmases or holidays have we gone through with the podcast? Um, a lot. We've been doing it since 2009. It's almost a decade. So when yeah. one of those, or maybe in a July of one of those years, when we started doing Christmas in July, right. this idea came up. Wow. Maybe. And we may have only talked about it all fair. We may have not have talked about it on the actual show. I, I, I mean, I, I feel like... I feel I feel like this was an idea for a bumper that we never made, where it was like for some reason we were two Santas, because there is something about being two Santas and like threatening people um, that that sounds familiar. Yes. Okay. So that's part of the kernel of the idea. Um, great idea for a future bumper, uh, listeners. Watch out for that. Yeah, it's weird. The things you forget are the things that like yeah. I guess merge in your mind in the past. Yeah. If anybody knows, like, please. Please let us know, um, because I really I mean, want to find this. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, Donna Brazil is kooky. <laughs> so you finished your book. Did finish the book. A lot of, lot of paranoia about Russians. That is very upsetting to me. Because <laughs> it's really, it's just old people. It's old people that are scared they're going to be hacked. Now those Russians, they hacked us. I think they're going to hack my cat later, too. But I got a special I got a special blend of food, so they should be fine. She At one point, she's going through the DNC headquarters and, like, looking for bugs. Like, like literal old-timey bugs. Wow. Because she, I mean, I get it's DNC headquarters and, like, I, you do have to be careful of things. But she talked about how she noticed somebody watering a plant that she had never seen before. So she decided after that she would be the one watering the plants. And every time she watered it, she would say, hello, Mr. Putin. Wow. Like, See, I wasn't sure whether she hadn't seen the person watering the plants or she hadn't seen the plant before. <laughs> Probably she's both. She's insane. She had, she had like a security person come and do a check to make sure there was no bugs. Um, and they didn't find anything, but she still talked to the plant as though it was a Russian operative. Like, she talks about getting all this new security on her house because she was afraid the Russians were going to kill her. Like, what are you talking about? This is weird. It's so weird. 
Like, this, like, just keep in mind, when you hear, like, the Democrats getting paranoid about Russia, like, it's because they're old people that think the Russians are going to hack their dogs. I think during elections, maybe we're focusing, obviously we're focusing on, I would, I, I don't want to say the wrong things, but if I'd have known this back during the election, any of this, I would have really, like, second-guessed myself about any of the things, choices I made, or anyone. Like, this is weird. It's that. It's to that point, I'm like, I don't know, guys. You have this lady running things. Yeah. She talks to a plant because she thinks there's a bug in it? Like, there's that's a level of, like, weird... It almost borderlines on a superstition, like, or a ritual that's strange. And I know she's old-timey politics, and she's got that intuition, but I don't know, guys. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know about that. It's, it's weird. It's weird. Did Bernie Sanders talk to plants, or did he do anything kooky? Because if he did something kooky, I'm assuming every human being does their own kooky things. I'm sure they do. I think the kookiest thing Bernie Sanders does, though, is like not comb his hair. <laughs> like, yeah, he's a he's a kooky care guy. That's what he does. Like, he looks he kooky. He's a silly old man. Like, uh, yeah, he doesn't hire extra security to make sure the Russians don't yeah. kill him at his private estate. Hi. Like, what the fuck? Like, I just like. I mean, I've said it a million times, but, like, the the Democrats, like, freaking out about Russia, like, scares the hell out of me. Because the thing is, Donald Trump has definitely made deals with Russians. Like, he's got Obviously. all kinds of financial ties to Russia. There's collusion with Russia, like, because of money. But it's not about, like, hacking elections. And every time the Democrats, like, get crazy and start talking about how the election was hacked, like, no, it wasn't. And you've got to stop saying that. Because it just means when they, all the real shit they find on Trump is never going to match the crazy, paranoid delusions of the Democrats. And it's going to let him get away with shit. Yeah, I don't even know how you really... Like, how do you spin that? You've got to The Russians hacked the elections and made it super close. I think they've been close for a while, guys. It's just what we've yeah. been moving toward. It's what they've been moving towards. Even and if they also, did, like, that's like... It didn't help and how? it didn't change anything. It didn't change anything. Yeah, we would have all noticed a little bit more. I mean, even though everyone expected Hillary to win by a landslide, afterwards, exit polling and stuff, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, everyone was off for lots of other reasons. But the Russians just didn't make those magical numbers appear, or the Chinese, or whoever else. I mean, all governments are technically spying and trying to hack us, because that's what governments do. But even then, it's like... We've done far worse. Like we've hacked, we've like I mean, that doesn't make it affected right, so many but... elections. Like, like there's you can't. It's such bullshit. Like there, nothing happened in this election that was weird as far as Russian hacking goes. Yeah. Like, and even with the stuff that I've mentioned before, like the ridic- like keeping people from voting. Like, yeah, that's a drop, and that's literally a drop in the bucket of things. Like it. Yeah. You'd have to be super masterminding it to even think or even like to attempt that as something that would do it. Like it, it doesn't make sense. It falls apart. Yeah. And even that still, had more of still an fucking than melts Russian when it gets hacking. hot and it's not yeah, like this is just a weird conspiracy theory. It's just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right, Brad. The problem is that it was so close. Yeah. Hillary Clinton lost on her own merits. That's just the way it is. People yeah. voted for Donald Trump even though he's a monster. Hillary's a monster too, but in her own for other reasons. Right. Like, and maybe for weird kooky reasons that I hope someone writes a book about. I want Chelsea to write a book and just be oh. like, you know what? You know what, guys? Just so you know, here's all the stuff I've seen. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> here's the real scoop. 
Ugh. You thought that's a you thought those dogs' names were weird. You thought that one lady was kooky. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> my dad's a sexual predator. <laughs> that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's not even a super kook. And, and my and my mom's is like a crazy warmonger. And also, uh, oh, also at one point Donna Brill's talking about like the the IT team she got together. This like oh these group of like people to like get the hacking under control or whatever the fuck and at one point oh she's God. talking about like how is how... she qualified to even assess people whether their hacking abilities it, are good or not or like it's it's a great security. question um but she talks about how they love to go out for pop tarts and milkshakes what? <laughs> and I'm like what the fuck are you talking about and she talks about like a restaurant and i'm like so wait wait are they getting like artisanal like pop tarts like what is this shit what is the what they're going out for pop tarts and milkshake like what i mean i'm sure there's lots of hipster bakeries that like make like pop tarts but i i pop tarts and milkshakes aren't a thing no the calorie count in that alone stagger i have actually seen milkshakes with pop tarts in them but it's like blended yeah but these are separate things steak and shake and burger king do weird things with milkshakes Oh no. And that's a conversation for another time. Manzies. Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't in like quotation marks and it actually meant, oh, uh, Pop Tarts Milkshakes is code for just drinking more because that's all we're doing. That's all I'm doing anyway. No, because she talks about how like one night, like their favorite place to get pop, to get the Pop Tarts was closed or they didn't have the flavor they wanted. So they had to, so they ended up, um, ordering from like two other places and then like somehow they ended up getting orders from two places and they had spent like a hundred dollars on milkshakes and pop tarts what yeah i don't know these people the lives they lead it's crazy yeah i don't i don't even understand i don't even understand if you think pop tarts and milkshakes is crazy (laughs) chelsea clinton's gonna blow your freaking mind (laughs) this spring I just get what like oh man I, the weird thing. So a friend was over and was had this hilarious idea about Donald Duck, and mom couldn't stop laughing. She was just laughing her fucking head off, and I was like, mom, that's not funny. And she was like, shut the fuck up, daughter. And let me tell you, my mom fake laughs a lot. She genuinely was laughing, and I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> I want everyone to do this. I want the Bush daughters to come out and just talk about weird stuff their dad did. That's got to feel like tomes. Oh, talk about when their grandpa was, like, uh, molesting girls. A young one, too, apparently. Like, yeah. what, 16 or 14? Not too different from, yeah. I guess, the one guy. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, what a creep. Super creep. Ah, gross. Sorry, it's just really... Yeah. No, it it's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. I mean, that stuff's... We should... We should earth that stuff and we should talk about it people should get in trouble for it and we should not stand that but i really hope their book focuses on the kookier aspects of things and not just maybe maybe george w bush wasn't as much a sexual predator as much as just bizarrely kooky oh yeah sure who knows sure i mean those paintings in their own right i mean come on the things that he says what think about what other thing gems that he must have again I want those books to come out at the same time. I want them to be New York Times bestsellers, which takes nothing. Mm-hmm. That's going to be with the political revolution. Not all this stuff. I mean, because we all know the larger political things or some people care, don't care. Like there's things that people will always vote party lines until you find out the skeletons in their closet, the kooky, weird skeletons in their closet. Seriously. 
Seriously. And Donna B has got him. She's got him. Oh, there's... I, I, sorry, I just keep... There's just so many weird things in this book. Um, Can we... Wait. Before you continue, can we make her Braveheart of the Week? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Donna <laughs> Brazil, Braveheart of the Week. Um, okay, two quick things. Um, and I, I just mentioned... They, um, they talked about him on uh, Chapo Trap House recently, so I'll just I'll just knock him out real quick. Okay. Um, because it's, it's been covered elsewhere, but... Um, one is the the amount of crazy names. Um, besides the dog name, there's just like people she keeps mentioning like pop up, and it's like these names like throw you for a loop. Um, such as uh, Judge Marsha Fudge, <laughs> a minion more. I mean, are these real people? Or in her mind, she's like, okay, I'm gonna remember this person. I'm gonna put Fudge in the last part of their name. I like, just, I don't even know what to expect from this woman at judge, this point. Judge Judge Fudge and Minion Moore. <laughs> like that. Those are ridiculous names. Um. Also, um, oh god, I'm forgetting. There's another kooky name, but uh, but there's also the story of I. This, god, I I want to. I, I, we could talk about this book forever, but I'm just gonna do quick two quick things, and we're gonna be done with it forever. Okay, the first thing is the very first chapter is called the phone call, and it's basically Donna Brazil complaining that Hillary Clinton didn't call her after the election. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, here's okay. Here's how it starts. This is the very beginning of the book. First lines of the book. When the name Hillary Clinton popped up on my phone in February 2017, I realized hers was a call I'd stopped waiting to receive. On election day, the, tra- the tradition in politics is that the candidates personally thank the people who helped most in their campaign. Win or lose, in the days that follow, the candidate extends the circle of gratitude to members of the party and the donors. Bernie Sanders had called me on November 9th, 2016, and Joe Biden too. The bi- vice president even came to our staff holiday party, but I never heard from Hillary. I figured she might be hurting too bad to make that call. I had a tender spot for Hillary. I sympathized with, sympathized with everything she had gone through in that wretched election of 2016. I had been through plenty of rough campaigns in my 40 years in politics, but I had never seen anything like the viciousness and turmoil of that horrible season as I fought alongside her. The only thing that kept me go- going as we faced the blazing fury of Donald Trump, was I was getting... I, I was... The, bla- the blazing fury of Donald Trump, when I was getting hit every day and thinking, I just want to stop, was knowing that my friend Hillary was getting the shit kicked out of her too. <laughs> Look at what they're doing to her, and how they're destroying her, I'd think. I, I'd felt a duty to Hillary that went far beyond just being chair of the Democratic Party. Um, so... She talks about how she doesn't. It's she understands that Hillary, you know, didn't didn't feel like making the call. But then she keeps going about, but like she never called me, and it's kind of tradition they call me. And I kind of been waiting for a call, but she never called. But it's not a big deal. I get it. And then she's just like so passive aggressive about this. And then she finally finally calls her in February, and it's like, what the fuck? I'm like, all right, Donna, we get it. You're bitter that Hillary Clinton didn't call and thank you, but whatever. Hi. It's it's just hilarious <laughs> that she starts her book with this passive aggressive complaint about Hillary, um, and so finally she calls her. But whatever. Um, also, <laughs> the other thing that starts in the beginning of the book and then gets dropped for a while is the story of Kai. So basically, she talk she's talking about how she didn't want to be the chair of the DNC. Like she didn't want to have to take over. She didn't want to have to take over for Debbie Wasserman Schultz, especially because she had met Kai. Kai's a newborn baby um, that had that she took care of for like six for six weeks uh, because and I I don't have the quote here so I'm just gonna I'm 
the the birth mother um had had been had had some medical problems from the birth of the child um and the and the uh, the other mother um we never hear about so it's it's a lesbian and her partner it's their child um the partner is Donna Brazil's best friend there's no explanation of why Donna Brazil's taking care of this child for six weeks. <laughs> but apparently Donna Brazil's taking care of the, the I understand the birth mother's in the hospital, but what about what about her wife? Like where's she at? Where's Donna Brazil's friend? And why isn't she taking care of her baby? Huh. There's there's this six-week mystery where Donna Brazil is taking care of this child named Kai that has stolen her heart. Um she says a couple of times that this kid stole her heart and she loved taking care of this kid. Um and she loved being uh, Auntie Donna. Um but like who, why? Why is she taking? Why does she take care of someone else's kid? Where? Where is this kid's mother? I don't. I mean, you got to take that to Twitter, mate. You got to like. Obviously, she has a mystery. It's such a weird mystery. And like later on, like because it's it's Donna Brazil's best friend is is the other mother, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that like watch her dog when the Russians are trying to hack it. Um, so she's <laughs> clearly very close with this family, and it's great. And I'm glad she was able to help out with the kid, but. Why isn't the other woman taking care of her baby? I just, it's very upsetting to me that this mother's in the hospital for six weeks and they just gave a baby to Donna Brazil, whom, as we've learned, is a lunatic <laughs> and shouldn't be trusted with a baby. That shows poor judgment and maybe a desperation we don't know about, but we want to know about it. What if the Russians had hacked that baby? <laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, are you it's, sure you didn't miss like a footnote somewhere or something no, in the appendix? Just like, oh, no. by the way, because I I caught this because it happens early on in the book, and then she doesn't come back to it for a while. But I thought I missed something, and then they brought it up on Chapo Trap House, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not crazy. That definitely happened in this book. So, um, I would definitely recommend checking out uh, the episode about Donna Brazil's book. It was very funny. <laughs> so that's Donna. Daffy Donna. That's Daffy Donna, our Poor brave heart of the week. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. Always a pleasure. Again, hope you guys are having a fun holiday. Um, we'll be here, bringing you the bringing you the hits, bringing you all the fun times. Uh, there's ways for you to get in contact with us. Go to ramjackpodcast.com. You can find all the avenues there, from email to phone numbers. Also, go to Facebook and join our Facebook group. Do Follow it. us. Yeah, tell us what's up. And friends, this holiday season, when you're around the table and drinks are flowing. And everybody's getting a little, little crazy playing some Hungry Hungry Hippos. I implore you to please keep your faces I'm just imagining the Hungry Hungry Hippo sound. Like every oh. commercial. I mean, it's just a frantic game. I've never oh. seen anyone play that without like the fastest pace ever. Because you have to. There's yeah, no I civil game of Hungry Hungry Hippos. Drunk Hungry Hungry Hippos sounds amazing. I think it would actually end up being pretty scary. Absolutely. Hungry Hungry Hippos is scary on its own. Yeah, I just think the chaos of it all and just like stumbling and like trying to hit the thing with your motor skills are not great and everyone's getting way too amped up about it. <laughs> like, and it's just fucking chaos and everyone's laughing hysterically because you're all drunk. I think it sounds amazing. I want there to be a large party, and I want there to be a round of like, like there's an eliminate an elimination tournament tournament. Yes, and pretty soon it's like the most aggressive, craziest people 
playing Hungry Hippos together, oh. drunk off their ass. It's so, but you got you got to do it early because I feel like that's you got to hit that drunk like right there because as soon as you start like as soon as you get a little over, then that's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be too much. It's going to be too loud. But like when everybody's just like cresting the hill there, oh, oh yeah. that's a party. Well, that's when the that's party, party starts. <laughs> oh, sounds great. I love it. And you're all wearing Star Trek uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Larry's dressed up as a Ferengi. <laughs> Why would you come dressed as a Ferengi to Thanksgiving? <laughs> Just leaning into it. I can't even think. Something. I'm trying to think of like a, yeah, a dish that would be close to like gold press latinum. Gold press la- like yams or something. I could have won this game of Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hmm. But the rules of acquisition say. <laughs> God damn, Larry. Just <laughs> pass the fucking potatoes. Jesus. How much will you pay me for these mashed potatoes in gold pressed latinum? Larry. You take the teeth out. It's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. My family's so weird. God. <laughs> <laughs> what you do? We keep arguing about Starfleet politics. I know my family's not normal, but. <laughs> the politics of Starfleet. I'm just trying to say, I think the Prime Directive can fuck off. No, he didn't. No, she didn't. No, she didn't say that. No, she just the Prime that. Directive is very important. We can't just go like uh, interfering with species on their in their natural evolution. Why the fuck not? We're better than them. <laughs> We're better than them. Do they have warp capabilities? Answer me yes or no. <laughs> Do they have transporters? Yes or no. They ain't even got food replicators. You're going to deny them people food? Hmm. I thought better of you.
Beam up. 